0: Hi everybody, welcome to Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined as always by the lovely and talented Mr. Lex Friedman. Hey Dave, that was Hi a Lex. friendly
1: introduction, I like that.
0: <laughs> We're also joined today by um, uh, Tom Hanks. We, we don't have a guest today. Oh, that's right.
1: That's weird. We're going guest free today. We're uh we're going commando. It's not a, we're not setting a trend, Dave. I don't want you to worry. We'll have guests again, but every once in a while it's nice to talk to you. This is I, I feel like this'll be a nice uh nice change of pace. Our goal
0: with the show is every episode should feel different from every other episode, and we've never done this before, so uh yeah.
1: Well the last time we had a twofer was Hurricane Sandy. That's true. I guess and that was, she was that, your guest back then.
0: <laughs> That was, uh, that was a show that was recorded before we started doing this show, so I don't know if that really counts.
1: You know who our guests are today, actually, Dave? Who's our guests? We have guests? Wait, what? Our guests are Pcalc <laughs> and uh, Igloo Software. So PCalc.com and IglooSoftware.com slash Unpro. Those are our guests. I wonder what they'll have to say. <laughs> uh, they'll say, talk about us more later in the show. That's what they have to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess we'll have to do that. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that this wasn't a, we didn't have a guest book sort of thing. This is this is not a problem. This was just uh, somebody had to reschedule at the last second, and we didn't want to not put out a show.
1: I always love putting out a show. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So you know what I think we should talk about? What? Me. No, not me. Not let's me, me. Let's talk about me. us. Let's talk about our relationship. That's let's, right. talk about, let's talk about Lex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. So we do this podcast. It's called unprofessional. Yeah, not the unprofessional or whatever, <laughs> as uh, some people apparently make that mistake. <laughs> it happens, but yeah, I mean the uh, we've told the origin story of the podcast before, right? We don't have to go through that again.
0: Um, I I th- like maybe a, a quick thirty second history might not be a terrible idea for people who don't know the story.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I think. Uh, If you want to tell the story of of Unprofessional, well, you've got to start with, I'd say, go back to about 1969 when they developed the ARPANET, the Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. Uh, That sort of evolves into the modern internet. Then Adam Curry and Dave Weiner invent podcasting. Before that, Apple releases the iPod. Now I've already screwed up the whole story. No, no. The origin story for Unprofessional is I was beta testing an app that you had built for listening to podcasts.
0: For for a podcast network,
1: right? Was it One Mule? No. Oh, okay. Well, it 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 eventually became the Mule Radio app. <laughs> oh, I see. I don't know how much you can say, so I'm just I'm just yanking you around. I can now. say that. I can say that. But uh, so yeah, you had built this app, and I didn't know you, and um, you had suggested it had been suggested to you that I would I should help you beta test the app, and so you IM me, and then I started beta testing the app. Now, the truth was, I did not really listen to any shows on that podcasting network, but that didn't stop me from selfishly saying, "Hey, you know what? We should have a podcast." I literally, though, had to uh literally had to Google literally. your name because I didn't know who you were when you 1st im DM'd me. I had no idea who you were. Actually, it was um, I'd
0: gone to Serenity and asked her about doing a review, and because she knew me too well, she felt like she couldn't do the review, so she went to pass it off to somebody else. But she had said specifically you would be the right person, and she said that uh, you and I would become friends.
1: Mm. Thanks, Serenity Caldwell. The internet at large thanks you. <laughs> uh,
0: so she is one of the people, uh, directly or indirectly, responsible for this show.
1: But so then, you know, nothing... The original app didn't get released as planned, but it became the Mule Radio app, and I think it was Jesse Char who was then at Mule Radio, still is on the... Or it was at Mule Design, I guess, Um still is on the Mule radio network on uh, Let's Make Mistakes with Mike Montero. But she said to you that uh, you should do a show, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, we were, uh,
0: we were in the Mule office to meet with them about the app, and we are standing around, I think, the, in the kitchen and just kind of chatting about stuff after the meeting. And she had mentioned to me, and she was like, hey, you know a bunch of people. Would you want to do a show? Do you have any ideas? I'm like, actually, yeah, there's this thing that me and Lex Friedman have been talking about, and maybe we could do that. So that sort of uh that turned into us doing a show. Which uh we did how many episodes? Nine, ten episodes of that
1: show? Well what was it what was that show called? Ah, uh, completely inappropriate. Completely inappropriate, that's right. And never released episodes. We were just no. sort of we were really we used it as a it was that was our dating periods where we got to know each other and got to see how to do a show. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good description,
0: I think. It's fair. Uh, well, the, the trouble was uh, we had this whole thing lined up, and we were doing these these this series of pilots and getting shows in the cans so that we'd have a good buffer. Uh, oh, and we were talking about things that we liked
1: but what we hated about them?
0: <laughs> right, right. It was the uh, it was based on that panel that you put together
1: for Macworld last year. Two, oh, well, at that time last year. Now it was, I think, two years ago. Maybe even three years ago. Two years
0: that ago. That was last year. Last year. It was 2012.
1: January... 2012? 2012 yeah okay i'll allow it
0: so it's based on that and and this is all well and good and you had permission up until uh the very last second
1: right Yes, yeah. so, but the problem was when we started doing the show you know that panel had been let's talk about apps we love and their flaws and uh how to fix those flaws the the idea being we could say whatever negative thing we wanted on that panel because we would be acknowledging at the outset that we loved the things that we were then critiquing um the problem was when we applied that to the podcast, which was not a Macworld joint. Um, it was really easy to focus on tech-related things. We didn't always focus on tech-related things. Like we talked about Lost, I think, on one of those episodes, and I think we did a whole episode about Larry Sanders. <laughs> yes, but then you know there was one episode where we talked about Instagram and uh, maybe about Tweetbot. And uh, then I was thinking, you know what, this is maybe techier than Jason Snell, my boss, uh, my boss's boss, really, um, had anticipated. And so I mentioned it to him again. I said, you know, this is we're going to actually start releasing these now and just want to make sure you're still cool with it. And he's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) and that was uh, that was a crushing blow that.
0: We thought. I remember very specifically laying down, like laying in bed and staring at my ceiling middle of the day and just thinking, well, shit, what do we do now?
1: And I, this is true. This is pr- maybe the nicest exchange Dave and I ever had. I said to Dave, um, I totally understand if you want to find another person to do this show with because my limitation shouldn't prevent you from doing it. And Dave's like, no, no. One of the reasons I want to do the show is so I can do the show with you. So I would that rather really find a way we can do the show together. I know it
0: stuck with me, man. (laughs) (laughs) The foundation of our relationship, right there. That's right. Uh, And I I was laying in bed, and I was kind of bummed about this. And I, I think Mule had suggested, well, if you guys can come up with another idea, let us know, and we'll run with that. And our response was something along the lines of, and we agreed, we both agreed on this that we didn't want to do a show just for the sake of doing a show. Right. We wanted to do a show because it was. The premise itself was interesting and that we could we could build on that and, and run with it for for some long period of time, not just another show where it was a couple of white guys talking about computers all day. Right. Uh and it was um in thinking about that, like, well, we had all these guests in mind, people that we'd love to have on the show, but it was all like tech people. But we can't we can't bring them on and not talk about technology. Uh and that, of course, made me think of Brent Simmons, who is one of my favorite people in the world, and you can talk to that guy about anything. And he's got all these great stories about being in the business forever and, and things he's done, things he's seen in that time. It's like, well, what if we did a show that was like that? We bring on people like Brent and just tell stories and have conversations.
1: And then after a while, we sold out and started booking celebrity guests, and everybody hates <laughs> us. Or really just that one person in the iTunes review section hates us.
0: You know, it's so weird to see that because the, the premise of the show is so incredibly simple. It's we have unprofessional conversations with interesting people.
1: And really, when we say unprofessional, we don't mean that we use like the word poop a lot. We mean that we uh, aren't talking about their professions. We talk about anything else.
0: Right. It's anything but work. And the only caveat is the guest has to be somebody interesting. And it it strikes me as odd that somebody on itunes would be upset about this i'm gonna look up their view i think episodes his
1: subject line is really i think the cruelest part episodes queuing up three stars writes ben from july 6th it pains me to write this unprofessional started as one of my absolutely favorite podcasts lex and dave talking to their guests about absolutely anything besides their day jobs it was a commute lifesaver the premise hasn't changed but the guests have <laughs> it's hard to care about the conversation when Dave and Lex just let a guest like Jesse Ventura spout propaganda about the fluoridation of water in shades that truly that feel truly strange. Lovian, the magic with guests who, as John Syracusa coined, are seven levels of air quotes famous. In other <laughs> words, Lex and Dave's peers. So I guess we're seven levels of Eric famous. People they yeah. obviously respected, but we're within the tech community. So now as we have celebrity people, we don't like it. Now, the good news is we still have five-star moments, episodes like the surprisingly musical Cable Sasser of Panic and his ragtime take on the theme song. Perhaps Which was it's, great. Perhaps it's just time to pack myself a sandwich and listen to Amy Jane again. Now, I will say, and this is a great time to talk about this, I agree <laughs> with a decent percentage of this review. It's not that he's
0: wrong in any one particular I, I, the really the the complaint here, the whole thing is around Jesse
1: Ventura right. I don't think that you know a celebrity guest like Josh Molina or Jonathan Colton or Dave Collier. I don't think any of those episodes were you know subpar episodes. I think they were all excellent episodes in fact. excellent guests, great people. I do not feel the same way about uh the Jesse Ventura episode. <laughs>
0: I I want to be really careful here because I don't want to I don't want to sound like we're saying anything bad about a past guest, but that was a show that was very clearly a big departure from how we normally do things, and it was an experiment, and I would say in some ways a successful
1: one, and in other ways a, a huge failure. Here's where I think uh, I made a mistake, and I, I I this is my own personal failing. We get to blame you. Yeah, I said yeah. I don't remember if I said it to you or not, but I said to myself at least. I'm not going to – I don't want the show to be we have Jesse Ventura on and he hangs up on us after 10 minutes. So, I'm I'm right there with you. And I, So my thinking was I'm going to – knowing that Jesse Ventura is a dynamic personality. So you don't want to speak ill of bad guests. I was going to say knowing that Jesse Ventura is a crazy person. Uh, <laughs> hang on, hang on. You said you don't want to speak ill of bad guests. I think you meant past guests. Past guests. <laughs> I don't, don't want to speak ill of either. But knowing that Jesse Ventura is uh, – A lively character. I made the decision, you know, I'm not going to call him on his crazy shit directly, and I will try to just keep the conversation going so that he doesn't hang up on us. And I feel like, I mean, and you know, as people know, you edit the show. You take the episodes, and where we cross-talk, you fix that, and where there's uh, dead air or awkward pauses, you close up those. Um, Where you and I both make a joke, you just have you say it. See, that was funny. Every time. Every um, time. I'm going to cut that out even. <laughs> but No one will ever understand what I'm talking about now. But the um, the you left in the crosstalk in the Jesse Ventura episode. Because you could hear us trying to say things sometimes. And he, Jesse could hear too. But he would talk over us. And if it were a different guest who was doing that whether knowingly or unknowingly i think that we would have asserted ourselves even more and said oh, actually let me take the reins back for a second since you know it's our show well cetera. you
0: tried there were there were several moments of you saying yeah but i think yeah but i think I, it, I, and he just kept powering right through and i don't think it was a bad call on our part to just kind of i don't know for me it was i partially i didn't want to get hung up on and have half a show but on the other hand i also kind of just want to see where this is all going <laughs> Yes, I I was entertained and I just wanted to see what was going to happen. And
1: part of me was thinking, how do I respond to any of this without being a jerk? And I want to be clear. I don't think we put out a bad episode. I just think we put out a a different episode of Unprofessional. Very,
0: very different episode.
1: And that's uh, that's okay. But I, I would hate for
0: anyone to think that that's how we plan on doing things.
1: Right. Uh, so we we do like having, you know, we like having a mix. We've never said, you know, we're going to go all Molina Ventura Coulier style guest. Uh, you know, just last week we had um, Jamie Newberry and uh, we want to we want to have a nice balance of our peers and then also just fascinating people who are not our peers. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's – even that might be one level too many of qualification. I think it's the people that we find interesting and and sometimes the people you find interesting are the people who work in your field. Sometimes they're friends and sometimes it's people whose work you look up to and those those are all sort of their own thing but I don't – I don't know that we necessarily value one over the other. Obviously, it's easier to get attention for larger name guests, but that doesn't mean that all we're ever going to do is is go after whoever we can get at any cost.
1: Right. And the truth is, uh, most of the time, it's a very minimal bump for a celebrity guest. Our show grows at a steady rate. And, you know, having John Flansburg retweet a tweet about an episode that he's on is fine and it gets the episode maybe a little bit of extra attention but at the same time having you know Syracuse retweet or tweet about a show that he's on gets a a similar bump and it's uh, the pod our podcast is the great equalizer (laughs) you know what
0: I I think I don't know I having Flansburg we didn't have Flansburg on because he would be good for the show in that way we had Flansburg on because you thought wouldn't it be great if I could just have a conversation for an hour with John Flansburg? Exactly.
1: And people often ask, how do you guys book your celebrity guests? And I you always have the same answer, which is we ask. <laughs> we
0: just ask them. And most I don't think we've ever asked a guest directly and
1: had them tell us no. We've had publicists tell us no, but I don't think the guest ever has. Uh I think that's right. Can we talk can we tell tales about Fred Willard? <laughs> oh man. I Well, now I guess we have to. <laughs> well, let's not say this is a story about Fred Willard. Having just mentioned Fred Willard, let's tell a story about a celebrity we won't name.
0: I got to say, I love the guy. I love his work. I think he's awesome. Um,
1: I think they, he's a very talented improviser.
0: His, I, uh, his personal life may have some question marks
1: around it. Right. That thing I thought was very sketchy, pulling the peewee, literally. Sure. Sure. But... Uh, he had the most, through his publicist, the most interesting response to anybody we've asked about coming on the show. And the only response like this we've ever
0: gotten. This has only ever happened once. Only one person has ever said this. Dave, what did he ask? I, let's let's be clear. It wasn't him that asked. It was a publicist. I don't want to say anything bad about Fred. I'm sure he's an awesome guy. Love his work. Super talented dude. We'd well, like still a really welcome nice him on guy. the show. Gladly, but the publicist was uh, the, the response was,
1: "What do you pay?" <laughs> See, I knew what you were going to say, and it was still funny because, gosh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, who who would do that? Who would say that? Now, to be clear, uh, as I recall, we had to pay Josh Molina seventeen thousand dollars. Right? Well, that was worth it. <laughs> no, but I, I, it's crazy to ask that on many levels.
0: I did pay Josh. Remember, I gave him uh, some money. Well, you donated uh, to, his, to charity. his charity, right, Right.
1: which isn't even his the, charity. You just donated to the charity that he hoped people would donate to.
0: How, how do you say it? Maison? Mazon, Mazon. They still – I get stuff in the mail from them
1: all the time now. <laughs>
0: To the point where I'm going to send them a letter, asking them to stop.
1: I I worry about charities that do that, right? Like I've noticed that with some charities I give to online, they'll email you. And when I unsubscribe from the email, then they're like, okay, he doesn't want our emails anymore. So they switch to postal mail. Right. Like that was the problem. (laughs) If I gave you $25 or whatever and you mail me for three years, you've wasted all of my money now. I, I guess they know that it's a net positive, or at least I hope they know it's a net positive because other people it works for. But I hate that. Yeah. I feel like I've only contributed to them harassing people but i feel like now what i want is uh, this is a great time to mention that we're trying to raise money for fred willard so (laughs) if you could donate to the get fred willard on more shows without his needing to ask for money fund we're gonna (laughs) kickstart we're gonna kickstart fred willard (laughs) i would support fred willard
0: uh again i don't want to say anything bad about him it was his publicist and the publicist was kind of just doing their job i say kind of because this is the only publicist that's ever
1: said this to us Right. We should give a shout out to Gemma. Gemma. Gemma, Gemma. at com. if you are a fascinating person who she should be talking to.
0: <laughs> yeah, she uh, a a few months ago we handed off some of the the duties <laughs> duties of of booking these these people to uh to Gemma Gemma Arnott, our friend who uh is now our talent coordinator. And so she goes and she talks to publicists and stuff for us.
1: And she's been really crushing it too, which is great.
0: Yeah, we uh, a lot of the, the I don't want to say celebrities, but the, the people that we don't already just know um, as of late, she's been pulling in for us. And so she does things like coordinate times and, and things like that. Having somebody with the title
1: talent coordinator is uh, pretty helpful when you're talking to publicists. It is heartbreaking, though, when the publicists say no for guests we really want. Like there's guests that we know are, if not out of our league, just unlikely to be making the podcast circuit, let's say. Right. And so when the ones who feel within reach, when you get the nose from the publicist, I just always feel like if we had Bill Nye's email address, <laughs> we could tell <laughs> I'm, him. I'm sure he'd say yes. Right. We could, we could tell him, here's what the show is and here's why you should do it. He'd be like, yes, I can do that in my pajamas. You know Bill Nye owns like 20 sets of matching pajamas. Not that they all match each other, but that each one is like a top and bottom. Anyway. And I, um, I bet he has like that, that cap too. Oh, absolutely. He wears that all the time. But I'm saying if Absolutely. we could email him, Bill would be like, yeah.
0: I will say that getting a no from Gemma is easier than getting a no from the publicist. <laughs> like having Gemma say, yeah, and then these four people said no, but <laughs> these people are still doing th- – like, oh, well, that's some bad news and some good news. But if we were to just get those emails, the no's in one at a time – well, I mean, we kind of did before. Yes. But getting them in one at a time, that's harsh. But just a a, uh, a status update, these people said yes, these people said no, that's easier to take.
1: The um one – Commonality of our guests who are not from the tech industry is that they always uh, we always provide what Dave terms uh, tech support to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> someday I'm going to do a supercut of these. I think we spent like 45
0: minutes helping Flansberg with stuff. <laughs> Some of it wasn't even related to the show. He just started asking other questions.
1: Right. It's like, well, tell me about the Apple menu. I remember Josh Molina wanted to get on the phone early or get on Skype early. So that I could walk him through getting set up. And so he and I video chatted for 45 minutes before we started doing the podcast. Didn't you do something similar with Coulier? Uh, Yes, Coulier. And both of them called me on Skype uh, without saying, hey, I'm going to call you at this time or anything. It was just that I was eating lunch. And then the, (laughs) the old Skype started ringing and I ran in and, hey, there's Dave Coulier. And with Coulier... When I answered, I had just hit the like answer with the phone button because I was still like setting things up. And so he could see me and I couldn't see him, which or let me try that again. I could see him, but he couldn't see me. So it was essentially just like watching him on Full House. (laughs) (laughs) Just like it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I would say the number one thing I learned from the Dave Coulier episode is that he is no longer. he He doesn't really get mad when people call him Uncle Joey. He just likes to clarify that he was not technically an uncle.
0: I don't, I don't know that I really see the benefit of worrying about it. But um,
1: all right, you know what we should worry about though? What our sponsors? Okay, <laughs> I just mean in the sense of, would you like to talk about them now? Oh, I thought like they were in
0: trouble or something.
1: No, <laughs> I thought you they're were doing suggesting just fine. The... If, if oh. listen, if they can afford to sponsor this show at two million dollars a pop, they're doing just fine. Well, you said we should worry about, and I'm thinking: are
0: they okay? Are they in trouble? Is there something? That no, we I need think to it's nice that you
1: were concerned. We, we should only we should worry about uh, we should worry about them in the sense of you know we should pay heed to them right now. Uh, pay heed, pay uh, homage. Yeah, homage. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's fun, by the way, is we get to do this sponsorship read live. Usually, we don't make the guests listen to it, but we are the guests today, so we can do whatever we want.
0: You know what we should do? We should, uh, we should record the cutaway to this, and then the, the intro back, and then record the actual read later, like we do normally, just so it feels like a regular show.
1: I'm opposed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder, I've, I've had people comment on the fact that it, it's very obvious that we record our, our ads later, but I wonder if people get that the, the intro to the ad is
1: almost always recorded in line. I think, yeah, my guess is that people realize that. I think we can even talk about this on the show right now. Like, I don't think you have sure. to edit this out. Yeah. But, you know, then it's really, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, and if you do, you edit it out. But it's, <laughs> you have the concern that you don't want to make the guests listen while we record the sponsorship reads. I would just do it then because uh, that way we don't forget and it's already done. Um but because we have that concern, which is, you know, fine by me, and we record them afterwards, I think that it's funny how we don't work to make it sound natural. <laughs> like we do the, the call out to ourselves. For a while,
0: I was kind of trying to make it sound natural and I was failing miserably at it because there's just no way to put that together. You can't stitch it together after the fact and have it sound normal. Right. Uh, so I just kind of started making a joke out of it. And when I edit, the more I can call attention to this is a different
1: time that we recorded uh, i think the more fun that i have with it at least i want to record a jingle that we can use it's like it's time for our sponsor break maybe not. our first sponsor today is igloo <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me about igloo i was trying to make it sound like it was later uh igloo it's an intranet you'll actually like actually You can share content quickly with built-in apps. They've got uh, blogs, calendars, file-sharing forums, Twitter-like microblogs and wikis. That's a whole lot of stuff.
1: Would you say that it's partially social?
0: Um, That seems pretty social to me. Okay. That's that's like fully social. I would say like 99% social. Maybe there's one more percent you could go, but I don't know what it would be.
1: But essentially you're saying that everything is social.
0: Everything. Every last thing. You can comment on any type of content. You can at mention your coworkers. You can follow content for updates, and you can use tags to group things. You can add on rooms, like mini igloos, for each of your teams to work in. It's easy. The whole thing is drag and drop. Uh, features are uh, responsive design and uses beautiful fonts from Typekit. And you know how I feel about fonts. I
1: know you love design, and they're telling you Igloo's got some fine design. This is uh, this is. I might have to look into this some more. It's actually pretty cool. But so I, like what I'm kind of worried I about is use. my data is going to be totally vulnerable at Igloo, right?
0: No, no, no. Your your Igloo, your Igloo has enterprise grade security, and you can start using it right away. It's free to use up to ten people, and when your Igloo grows, it's only twelve dollars a person each month. Go to igloosoftware.com slash unpro to start building your Igloo. igloosoftware.com slash unpro.
1: I'm going there right now.
0: I'm, I'm going to go there. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I've already got the browser open, but I'm going to, have to check this out. It's free, free for up to ten people. That's a pretty
1: awesome thing, right? That's, so basically, they're be... saying, you know, as your business is small, you're going to use Igloo, and you're going to grow your business so big, so fast because of how much productivity Igloo adds. So you're going to be like, wow, now I've got twenty people, and I'm content to pay Igloo twelve dollars per month per person, twelve dollars per person each month because of how great it is. Well, you know, uh, my my company is a
0: person operation so right this is the kind of thing and we're all we don't none of us live in the same state even
1: let alone <laughs> the same city an intranet from igloo sounds perfect for you it actually kind of does and i can do the math on this zero dollars per person for three people equals zero dollars a month you want to how i you want to know how i did that math how did you do all that math I used PCALC by TLA Systems. PCALC is an advanced scientific calculator for your Mac and for all of your iOS devices. You might recall that the iPad does not ship with a calculator. PCALC is your iPad's calculator. It's got an extension. Hang, hang, hang on, Is that true? Yeah. No calculator I'm app built into
0: the iPad. Busting open my iPad right now. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, crazy. How did I never notice that before?
1: Um, let's go with because you always knew
0: you needed PCALC instead. <laughs> It's because I always use, uh, I always calculate things on my phone.
1: Mm. Well, pCalc has an extensive set of unit conversions, a virtual paper tape, an optional RPN mode, and if you need it, you know what that means, and if you don't, don't worry about it, support for engineering and scientific notation, along with hex, octal, and binary calculations. And here's the thing. It's not just that it's smart. It's all wrapped up in a stylish, consistent user interface with lots of different themes and layouts to choose from so you can set it up just how you like it. You can create user constants, functions, and conversions on iOS, and they'll sync across all your devices, including Macs with iCloud, for free. It's a universal app on iOS. Buy it once. Run it on all of your iOS devices. It supports retina displays on both the Mac and iOS. It works with all the latest devices. It's optimized for all of them. There's even a free pCalc Lite available for iOS, which has no ads, has optional in-app purchases to add more functionality, but it works right out of the box. It's great if you want a simple calculator for the iPad and if you get the the fully unlocked paid version it's 9.99 on each app store more details at pcalc.com. james thompson who runs it uh he was at uh he was at Ool in dublin and i got to hear his scottish brogue for the first time so that's another reason to support him because he's got a scottish brogue uh, i think only scottish people can have brogues as far as i'm concerned uh, the calculator doesn't tell you that definitively uh but he told me that if he sells, if we convince just 50 people to sign up, that he'll be ecstatic. So only 50 of you need to go buy it. The rest of you can just you know, ignore it. No, all of you should go buy PCALC at
0: PCALC.com. I think, I think everybody should go. Well, um, how, how will they know
1: that it came from us? Uh, I think he's going to look for a massive boost in traffic to PCALC.com. Oh, well, yeah. And then yeah, so just get him everybody. filthy, dirty rich. Right. Even if you everybody. don't want to buy it, go to PCALC.com. Just check it out. At least, I mean, look into it. Everybody right. needs a calculator. Because if you're not sure, once you go to pcalc.com, you are going to be like, holy crap, I absolutely need pcalc for Mac How OS X or iPad or iPhone or iPod Touch. You know, the truth is the calculator app on the Mac just sucks. <laughs> and pcalc, not the iOS version, obviously, but the, the original version, 20 years old. No shit? No shit. Wow. That's, it turned that's 20 back point. in December 2012. It's older than unprofessional. That might not be true. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's older than a professional. No, nope, that might not be true. <laughs> yeah, it's older. Yeah, I'm not awesome. good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back
0: to our guest. Yeah, all right. Oh, you, you know what? Um, I, I guess we may as well take this opportunity. I realized something. We see the numbers on how many people listen to our show. Yes. And 2.4 we can, million. We can – uh, that neighborhood – we can look at the number of people who follow us on Twitter. And those numbers are nowhere near the same. There are far more people listening to this show than there are people who follow us on Twitter. I find that incredibly interesting.
1: I find it only mildly interesting. And what I'm thinking is <laughs> I understand that there might be people who would rather hear us when they choose to versus oh, okay. have us populate their timelines. I can at least I can imagine that mindset.
0: But it's a pretty tiny fraction.
1: That doesn't strike you as odd? I I guess it's a little odd. So you're I saying mean, that they should follow us at like Unprofesh or Dewiskus or Lexfry? Are you talking personal or profesh? Well, both. I mean, I I guess I can
0: see. I can totally get why somebody would listen to the show but not follow the show on Twitter. Because... The show pretty much just tweets when the show's up. And if you're already a subscriber, you probably already know. And okay, right. that's, that's fine. Even though we sometimes do giveaways and stuff like that. And people should follow the show. I, I, I understand. But to not follow us, it's not that I'm offended. I'm not offended or upset in any way. I'm not saying that they even should. I'm just wondering why they don't. That's a good question.
1: I don't know the answer.
0: If you like us enough to want to listen to us talk for 40 minutes or so every week, I don't know. It's just It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I, my my best guess is that it's because we've never given out our Twitter names on the show before.
1: That's possible. So maybe we should that's put it in the, the show notes. Yeah, that's that'll be the show notes this week. We are our guest. Uh, you know, do we want to talk about why we do sponsors, or do we not want to get into all that? Uh, I say anything's fair game. This is, I mean, the topic of the show today is the show,
0: so we may as well talk about. All right. The well, show. If, if
1: anything's fair game, I want to first talk about my nipples. I'm in. Uh, they're fine. Do you I, shave. I No. I once sent a picture of them to Craig Hockenberry. <laughs> really? Just one. It was actually just a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. There was this conversation. Where, Wait, just
0: one picture or just one nipple?
1: W- one picture of one nipple. Oh, okay. But uh, there had been a conversation where somebody was asking, what's a good Fitbit-style tracker that works with treadmill desks? And then Krista Mergan had chimed in saying, uh, you can always clip the tracker onto your bra, and it does well. And then Dan Morin was like, thanks for the helpful tip. Because as you might guess, Dan Morin doesn't wear bras. And then Hockenberry jumps into in the conversation to ask, um, does it make the bra harder to take off? And Krista said no. And then Hockenberry <laughs> says, let's see what you got, Lexi. And then I, I messaged him a picture of my hairy nipple.
0: The, the, the monotone play-by-play of this Twitter conversation is...
1: It's uh I think I sold that story, but selling ascendant, we do sponsorships for one reason and one reason only money. We want yachts. It's (laughs) all about the yachts.
0: All about the yachts. Uh, People might not know this, but for the period of time where I was working on a Vesper, but we hadn't shipped yet, my primary source of income was this show. I mean that not in a braggy sort of way. I mean
1: that in a, this is like, that's how seriously we take the show. I don't know what percentage of people fast forward through the shows. Like if you use the right podcast app and it's got a 30-second skip button, when you get to the sponsor reads, I think some people inevitably will hit that 30-second skip and see if we're still talking. I mean, if they listen to the talk show, they have to do it like six or seven times to get past the sponsorship read. (laughs) But... I don't think we're in any position to make fun of how long other people talk about sponsors. Oh, for sure not. But... The thing, so what we, you and I used to watch the clock when we did the sponsor reads. Like, let's make sure we cap each one of 45 seconds. And then we sort of had this shift of, well, you know, our goal is to make sponsorships valuable to the sponsor and to the listener and to us. And I think you're the one who said uh, a show within a show is how we should approach it. Yes. I like that. Because as we figure as long as it's entertaining, you'll keep listening. And if it means that you'll actually, you know, if, if it means that our listeners will actually buy a thing, or learn enough about it to know whether they really do want to buy it or not, I think that's a good thing.
0: I think of the sponsors as being here are things that the sort of person who listens to our show would probably be interested in. And if we can if we can provide the service to the the listener that we're exposing them to things that they might like, great. And if we're also providing the service to the sponsor that we're putting their thing in front of people who would be interested, awesome. Everybody wins.
1: Yeah. And for me, I just like having repeat sponsors instead of, you know, having to book new ones each month and repeat sponsors are happy sponsors. So, you know, if we actually convince people that these are things worth checking out, that's all the better. There, there are some openings too. So feel free to get in touch. <laughs> now we're selling us. That's all right. Who's going to sell us if not us? You. <laughs> that's so true. The other thing that we should talk about that maybe listeners have only realized subconsciously, and now we'll sort of call out explicitly, is the way the show traditionally ends. When we book a guest, you send out the form letter, or sometimes Gemma sends out the form letter. Yeah, I'm not good at sending out that form letter. And, um... You know, we told him, you know, make sure you have a microphone. We've had at least one guest who's come with no microphone other than the built-in microphone and then said, well, I could switch to calling you from the iPad and use the iPad's built-in microphone. We won't say who that was. No. But, man, that was terrible. So we say, you know, have a microphone, have headphones. Um, And then uh, we like to, you know, there are some shows where we're like, well, you know, thanks to uh, Arnold Palmer for joining us today. Uh, Remember to go buy Arnold Palmer's book or whatever, and we don't do that. One, we don't. Or go mix some tea and lemonade together. Right. He gets a cut every time we do that, right? Why doesn't he just decide what he wants to drink? It's it's ingredients, dude. (laughs) But I would drink an Arnold Palmer if it was made of Arnold Palmer, like if he had some bodily fluid in there, then I would be interested. That sounds really gross. (laughs) But so we always we mentioned. (laughs) yes that's what makes it gross but we say you know don't feel like you have to come up with the last line but we're going to try to find some note to close the show on whether it's a callback or just a hilarious thing or whatever and then we'll cut to the outro music but we you know we're not going to well we thank our guests after we've stopped recording Uh, yeah i bring all that up because i have no idea how we will end this show
0: Oh man, I gotta, we'll get to that okay. But I gotta tell you a funny thing about that form letter Is uh, there's been one guest where I specifically didn't send them the form letter Because they were quoted <laughs> There's a, the 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 end of the form letter There's, uh, I quote a Harvey Danger lyric <laughs> And so when we had Sean Nelson on the show I made the conscious decision Oh, I probably shouldn't send this to him That's funny I didn't even bother editing the, the, the letter I just didn't send it. <laughs> it I didn't know what else to say there So you were kind of, it was like
1: paranoia you were feeling? Like everyone was coming to get you?
0: No, I wouldn't say that. Just checking. And it was a pretty obscure lyric. It's the sort of thing that... Is there a chance he wouldn't have recognized it? There's no way.
1: (laughs) There's no way. Well, now I got to know what the lyric is. Can you tell us?
0: It was the, uh, there's a, when I'm describing what the show is about and why, like the idea of just telling stories and getting to know... Uh, the person versus the things that they create, uh, and I use the line "Parse the prose from the composer," which is a line from a Harvey Danger song. But it's not; it wasn't like a hit or anything. It's a; it might have even been a B side. It's definitely
1: a Harvey Danger lyric. Do you feel like we should put it in quotes now with an asterisk and then, like, what it's from? Does it need a, <laughs> is it a citation-needed Wikipedia situation? Maybe. And maybe that was part of
0: my my thing. Like, it wasn't obviously I was quoting something, so it kind of looked like maybe I was just stealing the line, which I guess I am. <laughs> I don't know. I felt weird about it, so I just didn't
1: send the letter. I think he'll be all right. He did fine.
0: Yeah, he oh, he was great. He was, I think, the only guest, the only time this has ever happened. After we recorded the show, you had to drop off, and he and I kept talking for, like, another half an hour. Yeah, that's crazy. Just a super great guy, super interesting. I this remember. was a very deep, dark episode, and I think maybe darker than uh, than it it should have been. I don't mean that it, it should have been a fun, upbeat episode. I just mean that it seems darker than it was.
1: Right, because I, I, I got the impression that, overall, he's a happy guy.
0: Yeah, and he's a really nice guy. And we were after the thing, we were telling stories about Amsterdam and and travel. And I was about to go to Vegas at the time, so we were telling stories about Vegas.
1: It's just a really cool dude. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guests who have really gone above and beyond for us. Like Flansburg gave us backstage tickets to a They Might Be Giants show in San Francisco after WWDC. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and a couple weeks ago, um, Jay Clifford was in town doing a, a thing. And so I got to go and hang out with him for a little bit.
1: You know that once Al Yankovic finally does say yes and comes on the show that he and I are going to become best friends forever. You're going to make out? <laughs> I'd make out with Weird Al. We know.
0: We know you would.
1: If you wanted. Oh.
0: I kind of worry that there's this image, and maybe it goes back to that that review about the guests, is there, there might be this image that we're using the show as an excuse to be like starfuckers or something.
1: I don't want to be a star fucker. I just I think I've even talked about this a bit, but I star hugger? Right, I just want to make people who have made my life better. I want them to know that they've made my life better. I want to tell them. I want to say thank you.
0: I guess that's part of it, but for me it's more that I want to uh if if there's people whose work I respect or has influenced me or inspired me, I just
1: want to like talk to them and get to know them. That's why you wanted to do this podcast. Boom. No, I I totally agree. I think that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, it, to to have a conversation with i'm gonna I'll, I'll go to dave coulier that's a guy who i loved him when i was a kid i he was like <laughs> i was seven years old that guy was my hero and so to like sit down and have a conversation with the guy any kind of conversation was just a really cool experience this is a show the fact that we get paid to do this show blows my mind the fact that we get the guests that we do blows my mind and it's just like a uh i don't know it's like a fantasy camp
1: in some ways i think that's right it's better than a fat camp Or Jew camp. Nothing is better than Jew camp.